folks. XQ quality, better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for, except for extremely good. <clears throat> Here we go. This is episode 228 of Channel Massive. It must be time for the holidays. It is, you can tell, because we're recording this off schedule. But we're not missing anything. And and by that, I mean we're not going to miss for this week. We're just adjusting our schedule slightly. Yeah, so, so we apologize that the previous episode came out a little bit later than expected. But with all the stuff that's going on in our schedules and with the holidays, it's it's probably the most difficult time of the year for all of us to record podcast episodes, but we don't want to let you down. We want to still have something fresh for you to listen to in your iTunes or your RSS feed, or if you come to our website, channelmassive.com, we are going to have stuff every week. And this is and, kind of our, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I just talked right over you. Go ahead. Uh, this is kind of like our last uh week or uh, um, not week a month of the normal format we have a new format coming up that we're very excited about but we thought well rather than starting that and then colliding with the holiday schedule we'll let that nasty business of the holidays get all taken care of and then we'll kick off the new year with our new format so we're just going to bring you news tonight um so a few a few hand-picked stories yes what's your interest um and then we'll uh, we'll have we'll probably have one more show right before yeah, the new year. Episode. And some predictions, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Depends on yeah, how. Leaning towards a prediction show. Yeah. So that's how we'll start off the first week of January. So uh, it won't be until January seventh that our right. new format begins in earnest. We will be playing World of Warcraft on the Arthas server. Horde Alliance, level one characters, Pandaren. If you want to join us, we'll be playing from 9 p.m. Mountain Time to 11 p.m. Mountain Time. So A that tiny would... window of play, but, you know, that's what we can do. And that's going to be our weekly routine for two least, months. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're shooting for is 9 to 11. It may well go later. So if you're East Coast, yeah. we'd still love to see you. But be yeah. prepared to call off from work the next day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. And there, we're not barring that we might actually play at other times besides that, but the official playtime where we're going to play no matter what will be on Monday nights. And if we can plan in advance, if we know we're going to, if we're really into something and we're going to play an extra session that'll be earlier in the time, earlier in the day, we'll let you know when that is. Yeah. So, I just had this thought as we were talking about people being sleepy. There is a possible solution, and I, I saw this on the road between um, uh, Denver and Colorado Springs. I, I stopped at the 7-Eleven in Monument. I was really tired, and I was gonna I was looking for, like, a monster energy drink or something, and I saw this thing that they had. I've never seen it before. But if you can imagine, like, a quart of oil, like, when, you know how they used to do them in cans? Have you ever seen that where it's, like, Oh, really, yeah. Yeah, it's a little funnel tube. It looks like that, 
It was gigantic. It was it was the biggest monster energy drink I've ever seen. Not the double sized one. This thing was like four of them or something. And I that thought dangerous. I thought, yeah, I thought if somebody drank that, I wonder if they would live. Um, so, um, if you do, you know, choose to play late with us with World of Warcraft and you can find a 7-Eleven, they might have one of those. And, uh, and we would love to know if you survive or not. So you might need a witness and, uh, they can write in if you don't make it. Yeah. <laughs> Just let us know and you can be yeah. in the cremation pile. Yeah. With Jason's <laughs> bits of Jason, <laughs> nasty bits of Jason. <laughs> Oh, oh, gosh. oh, but I it digress. still makes me laugh. Three weeks I know, later. I know. I just can't stop the. Uh, <laughs> what would you call that? Neck necro humor? I don't know what it is. It's not good. But no, we'll continue to make fun of Jason's demise. Of course, he's not <laughs> dead, but hypothetically, he is. So you know, <laughs> hypothetically, he most certainly is. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh well. In any case, should we kick off some news? Yeah. All right. Well, here's a, a shocker for you, Noah. Um, Business Week's worst of 2012 came out. And what CEO do you think might be in there? Maybe not at the top of the list, but definitely in there. Not Mark Zuckerberg. No, not not him. Well, he might be. Actually, that's a good question. Um, no, the one that the one that came to mind for me was oh, Mark Zuckerberg did make it. <laughs> I think um, no Mark Pincus made it another Mark um, <laughs> I didn't strange coincidence, I didn't Mark. I didn't make it my, my CEO position here at IGL studios didn't uh, I, I, I didn't miss I didn't run the ship into the ground so to speak so um, didn't qualify but Mark Pincus did and um, you know it's it's hard to say I'm surprised really um, their stock has not done well. Um, they had a 75% drop thus far. The employees are basically jumping ship like it's infested with rats, which would be mostly Mark Pincus um, and cronies. But, um, yeah, it's not, not looking too good for him um, or his company. Um you know, this falls kind of or follows on the heels of the announcement that, uh, you know, Facebook's loving relationship with them is uh, now now in kind of the ex-girlfriend mode. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, one, one other interesting thing they're doing is um, they've they've done such things as filed lawsuits against um, former employees who they're accusing of taking company secrets. Um, and they've also been sued by Electronic Arts for copyright infringements. So isn't that cool? No matter how bad you are as a company and how much you can possibly suck, you can always get sued by Electronic Arts. Which goes to show, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of karmic. We talked about this as recently as last week's episode. And when we were talking about the people getting laid off or, or leaving and and it's just kind of payback for a company strategy that has definitely been beneficial in the short term but is just rapidly deflating and the reputation that Pincus has established is definitely catching up for him. I think catching so. 
Now they, you know, in the in Q3 they announced a 52.7 million dollar loss for the quarter, but they have started their own social network to compete with uh, Facebook. Have no, have you been uh, on that um, social network, Noah? Are you all over it? Oh, I try to be in as many social networks as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't anticipate that uh, their social network will be the the new home of gaming as we know it. Honestly, but uh, anyway, yeah, I thought it was it was great to hear that Karma has, as you said, come full circle with Mister Pinkus and Zinga. We wish him the worst. Yeah, if you want to see a, an entertaining infographic, I mentioned this before, but I give you a URL now. Oh yeah. Of Mark Pincus's more recent uh, business decisions, you can go to mbaonline.com slash Zynga hyphen MBA. And it's this giant infographic called Being Evil Pays. <laughs> and he has vampire fangs. He does. And there's all these primary colored gremlins. Uh, as his little cronies illustrating all the different little infographic elements. And oh, this is great. Yeah. It's just, wow. It just goes on and on and on. It's just like, wow. You did, It really puts a big sense of scope in terms of the history of Zynga and, and things that have gone over, gone on over there. Wow. Yeah. It's a great infographic. But, that aside, let's continue with our news. Sorry, I must stare at this infographic. It's really captivating. It's well done. It's very colorful and fun. <laughs> well, not surprisingly, um, SOE's president, um, John Smedley, doesn't like Zynga and thinks that they have basically sullied the reputation of the free-to-play model. In fact, the quote is, they did a, ter- a quote, terrible disservice to the model's reputation. Okay. Um, and he, he talks about, uh, he's in a recent article, um, on Polygon, actually. Gosh darn, Polygon is just becoming like our go-to for news right now. Mm-hmm. I, I hate to suggest it to people listening, but they might also want to check out this wonderful site. Um, anyway, Smedley's talking about the free-to-play model and what Zynga's done to it. Um, their implementation has done a terrible disservice to the Western audience. According to a recent interview with PC Gamer, um, they're to blame for the reputation that the free-to-play model got uh, early in its life, especially in terms of social games. And I don't know. I can't disagree. I mean, they had, like, the top social games, and they were games that just made me want to, uh, I don't know, go jump off a cliff or something. Well, in the least, not play them, for sure. Yeah, at the very least, not play them, and at the worst, you know, commit Harry Curry or something. But, um, yeah, he's not too happy about it. He feels like, you know, there's so many good Asian free-to-play games that have done well and have worked out with the pricing model. And I wonder, too, if, if, you know, back when we were kind of on the other side of the free-to-play kind of opinion. I mean, I certainly thought they were terrible at first. I wonder if some of this is due to what was available at the time. Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, now, you know, having seen what League of Legends has done and what a lot of the, um, what Turbine's done with the MMOs and, you know, other companies are doing and SOE, I think it's like the greatest thing since sliced uh, cheese or something or 
you know, it's 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 an awesome model, I think, and it, it's allowing a lot of games to kind of stay longer than they could or to be re reinvested with uh, you know a, a thriving player base of new players. So I think that's really cool. Um, certainly, I think um, DC Universe became very much you know a, a relevant game after that happened. Speaking of SOE. Yeah. But uh but yeah, it's great to hear people just basically say that this <laughs> that Zynga sucks yet again. Another company. I don't know. Are there any free to play games that you consider like your your favorites besides I I guess League of Legends probably would be an obvious choice, but is there are there any others that you Well, there are a number of Rovio games which oh, I yeah. never thought I would say, but they're Angry Birds permutations, specifically Angry Birds Space and Angry Birds Star Wars, are incredibly addictive. And then they purchased Amazing Alex, which is kind of a version of Incredible Machine. Very fun. And the Bad Piggies game is not too bad. I also yeah. really loved Anomaly HD, but I don't think that you can get that for free. You may be able to. Hmm, but I'm not sure about probably that. Probably not. My, but, uh, yeah. my uh, six-year-old son loves their games, especially the Angry Birds games, the Star Wars Angry Birds, Angry Birds Space Seasons, and Bad Piggies. And he plays Bad Piggies at a level that's way advanced, and it's really funny to watch the little contraptions he comes up with. And sometimes he just sandboxes with it and just makes up something that's ridiculous, not trying to clear the level. But even that is providing him with a ton of entertainment and it's, and he's thinking, you know, he's designing it and then you get the controls and he's trying to do crazy stuff with it. And I think that's really awesome. So I'm up there. I'm with, with you. I am annoyed by angry birds, but I have to say that the way the games kind of, you know, use physics and um, make you kind of calculate stuff. I think it's cool. So I'm with you. It can, I think, Free-to-play can be good, and I think a lot of people are realizing it now, despite some of the things that companies like Zynga did right off the bat. Yeah, and I feel like in our next year with Channel Massive, we may find many more free-to-play games that we love. Well, certainly having the Secret World change their whole model really changes our number two for what we're going to play after uh, World of Warcraft, I think. I, I really am shocked that they did it so quickly, but it's in a way I'm yeah. not, and I'm, I'm just sign of the times, right? Yeah, you just had to do something. Um, so let's see here. Uh, Electronic Arts is being delisted from the Nasdaq 100, Activision sole listed game publisher. What do you think of that? The fall of EA, huh? It kind of surprised me at first. I was like, "Wow, what does it mean?" But it, it <laughs> what does this mean to me? <laughs> It doesn't mean like they're shutting up shop. It just means they're no longer yeah, value enough, valuable enough to be listed in the top 100. Yeah. They're irrelevant. I like to say that. Uh, yeah, their um, shares dropped um, 40% in June earlier this year, and they came in under fire from Wall Street for the failure of BioWare's MMO, Star Wars The Old Republic. Um, their stock is down to about $15.30 a share. Well, it was. Um and uh, there's rumors that they're exploring a sale. So, yeah, they seem to have uh, fallen from grace a little bit by some of their strategic decisions. 
I don't know. I you know me. I, I've never been a big EA fan. I mean, I love I love some of the titles that come out from the the company. You know that they they've got like the Bioware franchises and stuff. But gosh, the they just annoy the hell out of me in the way that they do their file distribution model for you know game distribution and stuff and just some of the moves they make. So interesting to see that um, while they what is it Optimus Prime always says. Uh, I rise as you fall or something like that. That's like Activision's little thing on this is they're, they're listed there in the, in the index and not so much EA right now. So did you, when you played StarCraft II, Noah, did you do any multiplayer at all? I didn't because I didn't get far enough into the single player game to feel like I would be remotely worthwhile or viable in yeah. multiplayer. Yeah, and then seeing people like uh, Ryan play really reinforced my fear of that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's such He's a pro. Click, 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 click. So for the uh, StarCraft II expansion, Heart of the Swarm, um, they, there was a recent interview with CEO Mike Morheim with an interview with PC Games in. And um, basically for this expansion, they've, they've come up with a way, they believe, to come up with a way to help transition players to actually compete online and to take a lot of that fear out or to at least uh, allay those fears. And it's a kind of a training area against um, bots and stuff. And they can play um, against the computer and get tips from as they're playing on how to um, play better. Well, that's pretty cool. I remember League of Legends implemented something like that. And it helped familiarize people with some of the basics and... I think it was really effective because as with many things in life, some people, well, I think many of us learn better by doing versus you can read stuff online all the time. You could read a game's manual or whatever, but until you actually do it, it doesn't really sink in. And so having an interactive training mode can yeah. only help. Now, granted, it'll predispose you to the most basic and general strategies that would get you melted by a pro player, but if it can at least make you feel a little bit better, it can only yeah. And then once you get into ranked matches, you know, you'll be with other players of your same, you know, level, I would imagine. So, but it says the computers, the computer will throw um, AI opponents at you and the matches will slowly increase in difficulty as you complete the, or work towards completing the training program. Um, and it says the um, game will script out basic builds for you, so you're not busy trying to build everything um, from memory, and it gives you kind of a, a safe build to start with. It lets you become familiar with the tech tree, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I think that's pretty interesting. And he, he also points out, yeah, there are differences in the way you're going to work through the tech tree between campaign and multiplayer. I mean, there's a huge difference once you go to multiplayer, as we know from yeah, StarCraft. Yeah, because some units are just completely off-limits. They don't exist in multiplayer in StarCraft Right. Too. Yeah, are there, you know, are, are the effectiveness, um, when you don't know what you're up against, you, you, you might go with something that's more, you know, has more universal um, utility than just going with, like, just ground units, because you don't know exactly what's going to happen. So I think that's a great idea, and, and I'm really looking forward to that expansion anyway, but uh, the thought of getting getting to play the Zerg and stuff sounds pretty exciting, but we will see. Um, so 
we've been covering kind of this weird kind of trend to consider Linux as an alternative uh, alternative um, game platform. And, you know, it's you kind of say that and you go, oh, I just don't know if it's going to be real. But um, Gabe Newell's kind of been pushing for it. Um, one of the one of the premier um, game engines or development environments, Unity, has added Linux support. Um, you know, um, there are now Linux games available on Steam, speaking of Gabe Newell and Valve. And... In other, in other news, THQ is weighing the costs and benefits of Linux for their upcoming releases, so there's more momentum in this direction. Um, speaking with Polygon via email, um, THQ president Jason Rubin, again Polygon, <laughs> explained that as, a game, as game makers, their goal um, would be to bring entertainment to a wide viable audience. After a large response from the THQ Humble Bundle, which I didn't buy yet, I I don't know why I didn't I just well, that's too I late. I think I had a bunch of that. But stuff you already, already have the Steam Bundle, I bet. Yeah, I do. I think I do. So, um, but after that huge response, the the team began to weigh the prospects of going with Linux, and they got I guess they got a lot of tweets and comments around the sale. And um, they're understanding that there are there are communities of gamers using other um, operating systems besides just Windows, and they think maybe that's something they shouldn't overlook. So it's kind of interesting there. It's going to have to be a really careful calculation though, because you you know you're gonna you're gonna make. I mean, I doubt anyone's going to target Linux as the default platform for a game. Adding it in is going to, you know, introduce more manpower and, and you know, time to, to do that. So I think it'll be interesting to see if more and more game companies start to go that way. I mean, would you ever consider Linux as a? I I mean, I I ask the question as I go. I can't see doing it myself yet, but <laughs> yeah, you, it's it is such a long ways off for me. I think the quickest way for me to get into something like that would be via maybe the Valve Steam box. Yeah. Or, yeah, something else that makes a compelling bundle. Because one of the reasons I stayed away from Apple for so long was because there just weren't enough games and that were playable on Apple. And I have always viewed my PC as not only a productivity machine, but also a, ga- a system I play games on. Yeah. And I don't want to be limited. It's just like, it just would it seem like such a silly decision, especially knowing that I'd use my computer more for games than productivity. It seems a silly decision to go for the system that's going to have less game support. Yeah. And I just don't understand the allure right now. Um, I, I guess we'll see what happens with windows eight, but yeah, I just I just don't feel compelled to load my desktop up with Linux and then be you know limited to a whole a very reduced uh, amount of um, applications and games that I can play. It would have to be there would have to be something like a Linux based console or something like that 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 might make this appealing. Yeah. Um. You know, but I don't think it would re- replace my desktop. Still interesting that people are looking at it. And you know. THQ, you got to take that with a grain of salt. I mean, I think they're struggling to stay in business, period. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Well, this is an announcement that will probably make Southern Fried Scott happy. 
Um, World of Warships alpha testing is coming spring or summer 2013. And they're the ones that make uh, the same company that makes World of Tanks and World of Warplanes. And um, now they're going to talk about some heavy metal, I, I would say, in that these would be ships out on the seas still in a World War II setting, um, allowing you to do serious hardcore naval battles. And I wonder what it'll be like. I wonder what the how you know, you know how that was my big problem with Star Trek. Um, the uh, the MMO was I felt the ships moved too quickly. It didn't seem as ponderous or whatever. You know what I mean to move them around. I wonder yeah. how how the how the how these ships will move out in the water as you try to you know bring your battleship you know alongside something else or your destroyer. Um, Probably won't be like in the movie Battleship where they drop the anchor and make the quick turn. Uh, <laughs> don't know if you saw that one, but <laughs> uh, yeah. continues to baffle me that that movie was ever made. Um, anyway, yeah, it's an interesting. I, I think it's cool that I, I right now um, I think World of Warplanes is still in closed beta. World of Tanks is definitely playable and has just huge numbers of players and games played. And we know Scott's a big fan of it. I've really been waiting for World of Warplanes. That one looks really exciting. But now World of Warships sounds just awesome. I I would I would hope it would allow you to play a submarine so you could just blow the hell out of everybody and stealthily. That would be my that'd be what I'd want to play. But uh it's interesting <laughs> to see the not surprising to see that mark. <laughs> Is that really a shocker? No. <laughs> yeah. Classic Mark strategy. So it might not be a gigantic aircraft carrier, but I am indetectable and uh, am blowing you up with uh, torpedoes. Yeah, pretty interesting. I, I think it's cool that they this company um, just really sticks with a theme, you know? And that theme being, you know, World War II combat units. And I don't know where they can go from here, really. World of Troopers? I, I don't... World of hand grenades. I don't know. <laughs> well, they could go into fantasy stuff and have it be that's true. World of spaceships or something like that. Yeah, Maybe they, they could, could crack the Star Trek combat nut that you do. Maybe you might be right. Or they could maybe they could go get medieval with like uh you know like that chivalry medieval warfare game is a lot of fun. Maybe they could do that with like um you know catapults and arbalists and all that stuff or you know castle sieges or something that'd be pretty cool world of castles i don't know who knows have you tried any of these well i have you tried i well i remember the last tank game that i voluntarily got on got into was battle tanks which i think oh, wow. was a nintendo 64 game that was made popular because it did a rip off of the snuggles bear and its tv commercials uh-huh. And it got really positive reviews for multiplayer. And it just, it didn't really get in, it, it didn't really grab me. The, the last tank game that I can remember playing that I played more than once and I, I kind of enjoyed it was an old, old, old Atari game. And maybe you played it on Commodore where it's just like a really top, basic 8-bit graphic, top-down, two tank versus tank in a single screen field. And you had to navigate kind of around walls and stuff in an attempt to shoot the other tank. Oh, yeah. It was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I, li I liked that game a lot, actually, the one you're talking about. 
Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I yeah, I totally. Lo- I don't remember what it's called, but I love that game. Wasn't it like Tanks or something? I don't remember. It might have I, been. Yeah, just as simply Tanks. Yeah, I love that game. I don't know why it's so stupid, but it was fun. But yeah, um, yeah I'm imagining there's a lot more to this world of Tanks game, but still, yeah, pretty Scott cool. Has had no shortage of positive recommendations for it. I'm sure it's it's worth trying. But yeah, it doesn't happen for me. Well. Maybe but they'll like come. You said that the planes, yeah, are are really interesting. I I would love to try warplanes, warships. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't done a lot of naval combat games. Usually, when I think of naval combat, I think of really complex gameplay systems that I don't want to learn. Yeah, I like water racing. I don't know if I like water fighting. You know, like uh, hydro, hydro thunder, thunder. wave yeah. race. That stuff's really fun, but strategic ship. Battling, yeah. Oh, actually, I take that back. There's some, there's some cool action in pirates. Oh yeah, that's, that's true. Warships. That's something right. different. It's a little different. Yeah, it was called Tank, the Atari game. Yeah. Oh, nice. I Thanks loved that internet. game. Well, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Internet, solving all of our questions and problems. Um, but yeah, well, it's interesting to see that they're they're making a uh, making a living with these games and they're doing well. So, I wish them the best of luck with World of Warships coming summer 2013. World of Warships. Yeah, World of Warships. <laughs> anyway, that's all I have for our Intrageddon slash news segment tonight. Six stories of interest bliss. and bliss. Yes, that's right. A news blitz, if you will. Yeah, if anything really exciting happens in the coming week that normally we would have picked up in our regular show recording. We apologize, but other than that, we hope that you have a really awesome holiday and are getting prepared to join us in Azeroth, or at least to snicker at our attempts to succeed in Azeroth starting <laughs> <laughs> yeah. January 7th. Oh, yeah, definitely. We will see you then. And if you have any more comments suggestions on playing as pandas or anything like that <laughs> send them into mail m-a-i-l at channelmassive.com we apologize if, if you're disappointed this is a little bit of an abbreviated episode but it's funky timing for recording and we're not sure how much you really want to listen to us go on for two hours during christmas week so we're going to keep it simple but we'll yep. be back next week with our last classic episode of and in that one i'll talk about my uh in gaming and Asheron's cult, which is very funny. Oh, no way. Yep, I did. <laughs> that is awesome foreshadowing. I look forward to it. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. Well, good night. Good night.